We live in the world, which is headed and run by the prince of the power of the air. But we live by the Spirit, discerning the times. For he who is spiritual discerns all things. Sharpen your discernment. Build your faith. Listen to the Word and World Team. Minister the Word of God through conversational theology, piercing the darkness of this present evil age. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence. Well, welcome back. This is Hampton Keithley with Bob Brandon, and we are doing Politics Friday. And um, how are you, Bob? I'm good. How are you, Hampton? Oh, summer has hit. So. Not here. <laughs> Not 60, here. 60 degrees difference or something. E- like yeah, snow last night. Oh, my gosh. I'm sitting here. You know, we're on my end of the equation of broadcasting live from the warehouse district of Gypsum, Colorado. Man, I've got my coats on. Came in soaking wet. It's, it's actually rain now, but it was snow overnight. So... Well, we'll, that, well that, it's actually so. Memorial Day as we record this, so <laughs> that's a little late in my mind to have snow. It is. I remember one of my favorite stories, you know, when talking to my daughter, she's growing up and would mention days like this. And I remember one time it's snowing on the 4th of July up in Vail. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's, that's too much. Well, speaking and, of your daughter... Sophia, which means wisdom. I think right. we're, we're going to uh, conclude, maybe, or at least get further down the road on our discussion of wisdom. I think we will. I, I wanted to talk about two things before we pick that up, maybe just briefly. But yeah, we'll pick up the uh, wisdom vocabulary from the scriptures in okay. just a minute. But <clears throat> You know, do you find it hard? I certainly do. But to keep a pulse on what we might call the the church in America, here's what I mean. You know, I've often seen little clips and so on, and it's extrapolated from that, that here's what's going on across the country. And and maybe sometimes that that is right. But uh, recently, and I'm not sure when the clip actually took place, like when it was live, might've been a year ago, might've been a year and a half, I don't know. But it was a pastor in Tennessee. And basically he was in pretty dramatic fashion communicating to his congregation that if you voted Democrat, you should just get up and leave right now. <laughs> was, I mean, you've seen that clip. Is that a synopsis of what well, he was I, saying? I did just see that clip in the last week or two, so I would be surprised if it's a year old. Okay. But my wife likes to, she gets these different videos, like Officer Tatum, and uh, 
he he was playing that and he's a black policeman i guess with the officer name i'm not sure but you know he was a, wanting to know where he could donate <laughs> to the guy's church yes yes you know? and so anyway that that did go viral and uh so Okay, so a couple couple yeah, questions. Ahead. So a couple questions. One, did I summarize his message accurately? Yeah, about- he was pretty. He was pretty fiery. He was pound, you know, going back and forth on the podium or the pulpit and the stage, <laughs> right? And, and you know, yelling and you know, saying that we don't want no Democrats here or something like that. I don't remember his exact words. Right, and, and I remember one. You know, and if you you leave angry, he goes good. Go ahead. Don't turn around and come back. <laughs> you know, you you need to leave. Very, very adamant in what he was saying. So <clears throat> I want so two questions. One, mm-hmm. I wonder if that is an accurate reflection of a broader uh, theme across the country. Is that going on or is he just the rebel in that? Um, and two, I think that that's a theme. I think it was. It's been a while, a year, but I think John MacArthur might have said something similar, but nicer. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and I think in, in, in some ways I have to say that, you know, what we're doing with Politics Friday is trying to help people go, okay, what's the biblical view on this issue? Which party has the, the biblical view yeah. And, and, you know, so that we can analyze and, and discern. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, what, the way I would express that goal for, for that part of our podcast is, as I, I think we might have stated this at the beginning, if we can lay a certain enough foundation, we will think the same thing. Right. If, right. if you have the basic biblical facts I don't know how we could disagree. So I would be in agreement with that pastor's message. I probably wouldn't be, you know, I'm more reserved by nature, so I wouldn't be as outwardly demonstrative, but I I would say the same message. So here's how it boils down in my thinking. How someone votes really to me is not, it sort of sounds strange, but that's not my main concern. My main concern is how a Christian in the United States would explain their vote to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So if you vote for a Democrat, you are voting for abortion. How are you going to explain that to God? Right. I mean, I, I cannot imagine that being a fun conversation. So Yeah, and then you talk about um, trends. I saw something, and I think it was Blaze Media. I get an email from them occasionally. And the United Methodist Church in some city in Florida was having a gay pride celebration or something like that. So a very woke church. So I think there's, you know, it's a polarization. We've been going around and around talking about truth and lies and, you know, God versus Satan. And I think we sometimes are hesitant to 
be so black and white and label things evil. Yes, I, I think that exactly. Uh, so anyway, I would be in agreement with that guy's message. And just as a reminder, you know, to any of our listeners in, in heaven, there is no spin. It's the truth is cut and dried and laid out. There's no spin there. So, you know, how you explain your actions, that's up to any individual, right? I'm just cautioning everyone to think through how you would explain your vote to God. Don't think through it through the lens of um, American media. Think mm -hmm. through it, right? Think through it in terms of who we really answer to. Like a congressional hearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There will only be yes and no answers in heaven. <laughs> I mean, like I said, how do you explain abortion to him? You know, and I down here it's explained, well, that's it's really women's rights. You know, it's their body. And they, how's that going to go over with the Lord? Right. You know, how, how does a woman explain to God, um, I voted for abortion because it's a women's right. And God, God says something to the effect, well, I created women with the right to bear children. <laughs> I granted them that. That's a phenomenal privilege. What are you, what are you doing? Killing my kids. Right. So anyway, anyway. And then there was another video um, I try to keep up with this stuff somewhat, but I'm always lagging behind, but it had to do with COVID. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, our Dr. Artis is in Denton, Texas. Is that right? Do you remember that? You know, I think he is here in the Metroplex, Fris Frisco. Okay. Or yeah. uh, Denton, somewhere in North Dallas. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he's, uh, you know, making public his findings and um, he's tracing much of the vaccine back to snake venom, right? The king cobra and the crate snake. And it's an interesting listen. So I would just encourage people if, if you need to keep up with that, which I think you do. To me, What's that's the, the video called Watch the Water or something. So, yeah, I think, yes. I think that's the name of it. Watch Watch the Water by Dr. Artis. I think it was an interview with Stu Peters. Yeah. Is basically what we're talking about. So he, he goes, you know, pretty straightforward with his findings. I think he's a good researcher. Um, certainly the vaccine is again vaccine in quotes right we're taught by the researchers don't even use that term it's not really a vaccine by the definition of of the word vaccine it doesn't fit that definition but anyway we know that thing's harmful so exactly how is what dark artists is trying to explain he traces it to snake venom <laughs> but there's more than that in there but it's an interesting listen he ties <coughs> some things together. Some of it he does through like word studies, right? Like the Latin term virus actually means venom, right? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I'm not sure that's a scientific conclusion, but sometimes <laughs> those those things, you know, it could make be, you think. It could be irony or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But I did, I think I texted you maybe, um, you know, he missed the bigger one at the end with that sub company or that offshoot oh, yeah. of Moderna that's called Ophirix. Well, Ophis in Greek is serpent. So he, he didn't mention that. But but anyway, I, I do put some stock in that kind of thing. When when you name a company, you don't do that willy nilly. It's not like you're flipping a coin. Oh, what should we call my new company? Right. Oh, There's yeah. A- like I remember one Luciferian trust. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm right. like, OK, that just sounds like they're up to no good. <clears throat> I mean, come on. It's almost like they're making fun of you. It's so in your face but anyway that's a good listen i would i would recommend that um you know one of our core principles is the only thing that will keep you from understanding something is laziness so get all the resources you can dive into them they're not all correct you got to sift through it in your mind you got to put the work in but it will be revealed to you what's going on and and you could tell i guess maybe one last point hampton about the dr artist video you could tell how disturbed he was because if right if what he's saying is correct the uh the leaders of the vaccine movement are killing people in massive numbers on purpose if what he's saying is correct. And I think he's absolutely correct. I've thought that from the get-go. And I understand what a massive statement that is, but it is so hard. And you you could see him really struggling with the horror of what he was realizing. And that when, I, I just think evil, when it becomes apparent, you know, is so overwhelming. It really sets you back, really, really impacts you emotionally. But it's an interesting trail to follow. I think he's right. We might have further episodes on that. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for some vocabulary, Hampton? One of my favorite things, vocabulary. I I have a proclivity for magniloquence, which is superfluous. And I like to obfuscate my propositions with polysyllabic circumlocutions. So let's get started. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I'll, all of those went over my head. So, you know, I'm just a street guy, Hampton. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so uh, as we look at this vocabulary for biblical wisdom, it's important. It, it, these are tools to build in your the scaffolding of your mind your worldview it's to build and defend it and we do that with wisdom so wisdom is a power that christians have available to them james says you can just ask for it right if anyone lacks understanding now don't ask and then just walk away and think it's going to be beamed to you But God will guide your thoughts through the process as you do the work, and he'll reveal to you what you need to know. He will allow you to pierce 
to the heart of a matter, make the right choices so that you can live wisely. Um, so anyway, we left off. The last word we covered, I think, was Isa. Uh, no, Hokma. We got through Hokma or Da'at, the, the word Da'at. So the next one, okay. yep, Da'at. So the next one is Mazima. So that's Hebrew word, of course, and we would gloss that. Remember, we explained the word gloss. Like you pick a word in English that would most closely represent the Hebrew word, right? As close as you can. So here's some glosses for mezima. Shrewdness, circumspection, discretion. I have often been accused of lacking discretion, Hampton. <laughs> and I've... I think my accusers have a good point. Um, so here's the word. One paragraph on the word mezima. The notion common to derivatives of the ZMM root is hidden private thinking. The notions of planning and scheming are extensions of the primary sense. Let's pause there for a second. So here, I'm going to get fancy for one second, Hampton, even though I'm just a street guy. When we say the ZMM root, the languages, I know this is true of Hebrew. I, I think it's true of many of the Near Eastern ancient languages are what's called triradical. So basically, their words are three letters. And then they're modified right, to indicate their usage and other things that are going on in the sentence. But basically, they're three letters. So like oh. DBR, you would say the beer or the bar and the way you had some vowels changes. Yeah, words. in order to pronounce it. That's right. And the, the way you add those vowels sort of inflects the word for its usage in a sentence. But the root would be common to every one of its usages. So when we say mazima, the real root of that is Z-M-M, right? Mm -hmm. So to, just for our, the sake of our listeners understanding what we're saying. So <clears throat> here's another variation. Like we say mazima, but there's also mazimot. It's the same root. You know, one, one would be plural, one would be sing singular and so on. So sometimes mazimot, that's plural, right? Are not actually schemes, that is secret plans for achieving something, but just hidden thoughts. So for instance, Psalm 10.4, the wicked man is so arrogant, he always thinks, and that's the word mazima, God won't hold me accountable. He doesn't care. Huh. I I want to pause there for a second. You know, hearkening back what, to what verse was that again? That's Psalm 10:4. So the wicked man is so arrogant, he always thinks, and that's the word mazima, God won't hold me accountable. He doesn't care. So boy, applying that to the COVID crisis. If we're right on what we think about that, imagine the uh, 
mazima, the hidden thoughts of the perpetrators, right? I won't be caught. I don't mm -hmm. give, I don't give an account to God. Oh my goodness. Okay. Since scheming requires keeping one's thoughts secret, the faculty of mazima is often employed for immoral and harmful ends. The wicked arrogantly chase the oppressed. The oppressed are trapped by the schemes the wicked have dreamed up. That's Psalm 10.2. So same context as the one we just read, really speaking about the same thing. But notice this, the wicked arrogantly chase the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, as you're perceiving our current world events and you see arrogance, be wary of that, because that's a giveaway for um, scheming that's underneath it. But Mazimo are not intrinsically evil. God's own plans are called Mazimo. Here's Jeremiah 23, 20. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he's fully carried out his intended purposes. That's Mazimo. In days to come, you people will come to understand this clearly. That's Jeremiah 23, 20. <clears throat> Again, some interesting applications to COVID, right? In days to come, you will understand this clearly. I think all the COVID stuff will come out. In fact, <clears throat> you know, my favorite reading place, Hampton, is the bathtub. Yes, I do. Right? I know. And man, you need to get a hot tub. So <laughs> you can just set the Well, it is. A, <laughs> it is. A, it is. Hot. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But I've got a good pillow system in there, man. I can kick back. I've got a good good big tub with a good slant to it, the right angle. But anyway, so this morning is about three o'clock in the morning. I was up trying to get ready for our podcast and other stuff. And uh, I come across this article. In, it was on Newsmax, the, the headline. Then I, I dove into the article. But I think Newsmax had just taken the article from um, the Epoch Times. And they were saying there's a new law that's been proposed in the state of California. And the law is if any medical practitioner says anything different than the uh, mainline view of the vaccine, their license is taken away. Wow. I know. Now, let's tie this in with our earlier discussion this morning. What party do you think proposed that law? Well, in California, there is only one party. That was a Democrat law, right? Restricting free speech, even in medicine. You cannot say anything other than what we want you to say as a medical doctor. Now, it's not passed yet, but I suspect it will be. It's at least proposed at this point. So anyway, back to our Mazimo discussion, the vocabulary for wisdom. It, 
the truth will come out. They, one of the gnarly things, there was a great country western song I heard, oh gosh, maybe 30 years ago. And I only remember little bits and pieces of it. I wish I could look it up and find out what it was. But I think it was called something like the problem with the truth. And I think one of the lines was, you know, the truth never goes away. You can cover it. Right. You could distort it and so on, right? But in the end, you it never goes away. So yeah, that's why it, that's why John Connolly had to wear his rose-colored glasses because they hid the truth. Yeah, I don't know if you ever remember that song. No, but I bet it's a good one. <laughs> there's, a, there's a modern version of it. I guess by a guy named Wallen, Morgan Wallen, called Whiskey Glasses. There's oh, a lot gosh. of there's a lot of puns in there where you know he uh, he needs his whiskey glasses to hide the truth. And oh, so the goodness. double the double play is uh, drinking the whiskey in the glasses, you know, whatever versus seeing. So I got you. Well, did you know Hampton? Speaking of puns and stuff, um, why ducks have tail feathers? Uh, you told us this last time. It's, oh, a, oh, it a, it's a Quinn joke. Maybe yeah. if somebody didn't hear it. Well, it's <laughs> to, to hide their butt quack. Okay. So <clears throat> back to the Hebrew vo vocabulary for wisdom in the Bible. Next word, musar. So the glosses for musar are discipline, correction, education. The core notion conveyed by Musar is the teaching of the avoidance of faults. In line with its root meaning, YSR, punish or inflict, Musar is originally and usually a lesson intended to correct a moral fault. The goal of Musar is always a moral insight or a quality of moral character. Musar is always given by a superior to an inferior who's morally obligated, but not forcibly compelled to listen and learn. Musar is used only of authoritative correction and discipline, never of counsel such as one might offer a superior. Musar is basically correction, whether by verbal rebuke or by physical punishment. Therefore, here's Job 5.17, for instance. Therefore, blessed is the man whom God corrects. And that's the word musar. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Here's Job 36.10. That's the next one I'm going to read with a little introduction. Musar requires repentance. So here's Job 36.10. And he reveals this for correction and says that they must turn from evil. So that phrase, he reveals this for correction, is literally opens their ears for Musar. Hmm. Last little part of Musar. As a means to knowledge, Musar may take the form of punishment ranging from a beating to personal affliction, perhaps in the form of illness, 
to national calamity. Or it may be a verbal reprimand and warning. So Musar is a good word that applies to wisdom, right? It's, it's the correction you need to get on the right path to wisdom. So I heard and the, this and story. The idea, it's top down. Top down. Yeah. Co okay. Correct. So <clears throat> it, let, literally yesterday I was walking the dog, I think, listening to, uh, you know, I'm a sports fan. So they had an interview with uh, Herm Edwards, was a great coach football coach i think they did they win the super bowl i don't know but a really good coach a few years ago you'll see him you know on broadcasting games from time to time these days but as he grew up uh one day you know he loves sports his dad says hey you gotta do these chores before you go this saturday to the game and one of the chores this one particular Saturday was, you know, raking the leaves in the yard. And so the, and the dad tells him, hey, I'm going to check on your work, you know, before you go. So Herm, yeah, no problem. So he goes out and he's in a hurry because he, he wants to make the game. So rakes the leaves and so on. Okay, dad, I'm ready to go. And dad said, well, did you get it all? He goes, oh, yeah. And so dad comes out. Well, he didn't get it all. There were some pretty decent piles, you know, in the corners of the yard. And the father points that out. And then he says, son, you told me you got it all. And you didn't get it all. And this job isn't done. And let me explain that to you, son. <laughs> you know, as the guy who's telling the story, it was so heavy handed. But he goes, when you have a job to do, you finish that job. You do it to completion and you do it well. Your last name is my last name and it isn't ours. We inherited it from our forefathers. And you're using that name to do shoddy work. I mean, he just really goes off on this young kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that kid remembered that story or that incident for the rest of his life and went on to become very, very successful. And that, I mean, that's almost a perfect demonstration of Musar. He didn't have to beat the kid, but he was pretty heavy handed with, you're not going to that game till you finish this job and finish it well. And he never forgot that lesson. Mm -hmm. That's wisdom, right. right? There aren't shortcuts to wisdom. You have to walk that path for, for your life. It's, it was a good illustration of that. So <clears throat> here's the next word. You can, Orma. I think it seems oh. like we had some saying, you can have experience without wisdom, but you can't have wisdom without experience or I don't remember. Oh, well, that's probably right. That, that's probably a good way to that's, say that's that. That's not it exactly, but that's the idea. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good idea. Here's, so here's the next word, orma. So the glosses for orma are cunning. Another derivative, this same root, but a different word is arum. And that's cunning person. Do you, any of those, before I even read any of the text, excuse me, do any of the uh, hairs on your neck stand up when I say that word, orma or arum? 
Well, you said said cunning. I'm thinking, is that the word in Genesis 3? The serpent was more cunning. That's the word. Man. And it's so right now, it doesn't always have to be for bad purposes, right? The word itself is neutral. But when the when it's applied to the devil, right, the connotations so, so are evil. Maybe you know, Ahud, cunningly evil. So Ahud was maybe the same word when he. I don't know that, but you, yeah. you could imagine it being yeah. used that way, right? So let me read the some of the text. Orma is the talent to devise and use adroit and wily tactics in attaining one's goals, whatever these may be. So orma is the noun, arum is the adjective, are commonly used of guile. There you go. Now the serpent was more shrewd than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And that word shrewd is arum. And scheming. But if a man willfully attacks his neighbor to kill him with guile, that's Arum, you will take him from my altar to die. That's Exodus 21, 14. Like God's altar, right, could be a place of refuge. Right. But if if you run to that and, you know, you committed murder, not manslaughter, but murder, well, the altar wasn't going to provide you any protection in that case. So even the devices of the wise can be called orma. Let me pause here because I I want to interject something before we read our last paragraph on orma. One of the things to notice in in our society today is the connection between these two things, deception and violence. When, when you see deception that results in violence, that's demonic. Those two things go together in the scriptures mm-hmm. from the devil. So just keep that in mind. In Proverbs, orma and the cognate verbs refer to cunning used legitimately, like in 1.4 and in 8.5, lady wisdom attests to the respectability of Orma by declaring her proximity to it. I, wisdom, live with prudence. And that's the word arum. And I find knowledge and discretion. And offering to teach it. Here's Lady Wisdom again. You who are naive discern wisdom. And that's the word arum. And you fools understand discernment it was proverbs 8 5 so the word itself doesn't necessarily imply evil it just depends who's using it so right if the vaccine folks and by vaccine folks i mean the perpetrators right the the on top guys who developed the vaccine and so on there you could call them our room right very crafty in their case, it's for evil purposes. And, and you could call like Dr. Artis our room, right? For figuring it out, for following the path through research and figuring mm-hmm. it out. These, both of them could be called our room. So here's the next word, 
Hampton. Boy, don't we have a lot of words for wisdom. We made that observation last time. Yeah. Here's the, the next word, sacral. So the glosses for sacral are discretion, good sense. And another form of that root, right? The masquil, that's a discreet man, the man of good sense. So a distinct meaning of sacral is regard. That is to say, the way others see one. Then you, here's uh, Proverbs 3, 4. Then you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and people. So which one of those words was sacral? Let me read it again. Then you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and people. See that, that word understanding. Good understanding. Is, right. That's sacral. So that made me, I added this in, in my notes because <clears throat> rereading that verse, you know, I thought, man, that sounds a lot like a description of Jesus. So, you know, you get out your Bible, start reading through and you find Luke chapter two, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with people. Sure sounds like Proverbs 3, 4, mm -hmm. right? Almost word for word, in fact, in the exact same concept. So, but that's, that's Luke writing that. He's not quoting Jesus. It's not direct speech. It's Luke, the narrator's material. So is he presenting Jesus as wisdom? as personified wisdom. Sounds like it. Sure sounds like it. It's certainly not all that Jesus is, but he certainly is that. That's an important way to, to think of Jesus, that you have, in a sense, wisdom in the flesh. Right. So next sentence, when Seiko refers to a kind of wisdom, its core meaning is insight. The ability to grasp the meanings or implications of a situation or message. So, right, it's the ability to pierce, right? The mm -hmm. insight down to the depths of what's really going on. So let's hearken back to my favorite subject this morning, the uh, COVID. Forget Dr. Artis for a minute. Forget all the other distractions, isn't SARS-CoV-2 man-made? Yeah. Well, do you need any other information? What are the words sake? Apply the word sacral to that. It's man-made. What are the implications of just that fact? Forget whether it's venom from snakes or, or other things. Just the fact that it's man-made, what are the implications of that? It, aren't the implications exactly what I'm concluding? That this is in order to murder people? Why, why would you make a deadly virus? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, back well, to I think the notes. The, I think the, the line is that so we can figure out how to stop it, but... <clears throat> 
Yeah, so, so we can disperse. Well, but, but think of that. What You're going to make a virus that's deadly so that you can learn how to stop it? Well, just don't make it. That stops it. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So back to our notes. SACL is consequently discernment or prudence. The ability to understand practical matters and interpersonal relations and make beneficial decisions. I could use some SACL because my interpersonal relations often suffer, Hampton. Last sentence here. It later comes to include intellectual understanding and unusual expertise. But basically, it's piercing to the heart of a matter so that you can comprehend it. SACL, it's a really good one. Of all the words, I, this may be my favorite. This intellectual power is not an inherently ethical virtue. It may be used for deceit. So here's uh, Daniel 8.25. By his skill, he will make deceit successful through his influence. Let me ask a couple questions about that. One, we'll try to identify the sacral word in a second. But two, who's Daniel talking about in Daniel chapter eight, verse 25? Isn't it a, a future person that we know as the antichrist? Right. And he's right. gonna, right? So think of this verse in application to him. A person's, or a, by his skill, he will make deceit successful through his influence. So that word skill is sacral. Seems like there's it, a lot of that going on these days. Man. And so I had this conversation at a, a social gathering last night. You know, someone was reminding me because we were talking about, I, I think this is on Christians' minds that, that we might be in the last days. I mean, mm -hmm. things seem so terrible. And I, I agree. I, I think that. But you've heard my qualifications on that, right? Which most believers readily admit, I could be off by a thousand years <laughs> or, or more, right? I don't really know. It just smells like that to me. It seems like that. But if so, if you ask for particulars, he, he was saying, you know, keep in mind, we think times are bad now, but in certain periods of history, they've been unbelievably bad. Right. And, and he had a good point. And it, I acknowledge that and thanked him, you know, said, yeah, I probably need to consider that a little more. I said, but on the other hand, is the deception rising to new levels? I mean, there was massive, you know, conflict and wars and stuff in previous history, but maybe not out of deception, just out of outright war. You know what I mean? We want to mm -hmm. take you over, so we're going to attack you. Whereas now, it's deception. And if, if we're right... Well, I think that, yes, I would agree with you, but I think that there was a lot of deception that went on you know, to get us into World War II, for example. Yes, yes. And um, there was yes. just only the mainstream media. And, yeah. and so we, 
I think because we have so many alternative sources of information, the truth comes out about the deception for those who are searching where, you know, 70 years ago, the truth uh, did not come out. And so, so there was deception going on, but I think way more now. That's what I think. I, I agree. And so then remember our statement that, you know, deception followed by violence. If, if you see that, that is demonic, 100%. Those two things linked together. So there's no telling. So here's my encouragement to, to ourselves and, and to any who are listening. Try to find real figures on how many people have died from the vaccine. Because my guess is it's staggering. I think you're well into the three millions at this point, but it's hard to find those numbers because the perpetrators aren't going to want you to know those numbers. So try to find a source for that. So anyway, back to SACL. Usually, however, SACL is used to represent a good quality. It gives him patience. So here's Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Man, I hate saying that's an important verse because it, that almost sounds like there are other verses that aren't important, right? They're all, it's all the word of God, but boy, that one jumps out to me. And the word wisdom in that translation is the word sacral. So a person's sacral makes him slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So very forgiving people are very wise. Yeah. A fool despises the sacral of another's words. When possessed by officials, sacral can save a city. Being the antithesis of unrestrained, sacral involves prudence and self-control. So a masquil, that's the noun form, right? That's, that's like a person. Like sacral is, you know, a, you could say wisdom, but masquil, you would say is a wise person. Okay, so a masquil is a prudent person, such as a son who stores up provisions during the summer. That's Proverbs 10.5. A man reserved in speech. That's Proverbs 10.19. And a good wife. That's Proverbs 19.14. Those are all uh, masquils, all people of wisdom. These are not deep intellectual qualities or learning, but the common sense accessible to all. The masquil is the cautious man concerned for his personal well-being. For this reason, whoever is smart keeps quiet in such a time, for it is an evil time. That's Amos 5.13. So let me read that one again, and we'll try to pick out the word masquil. For this reason, whoever is smart keeps quiet in such a time, for it is an evil time. So the word smart is masquil. 
In later texts, the insight of Seikel extends to the intellectual understanding or decoding of messages, including more rarefied intellectual expertise. It can refer to interpretation. So here's uh, Nehemiah 8.8. This is a critical passage for some other reasons as well. But here's Nehemiah 8.8. 8. They read from the book of God's law, explaining it and imparting insight. Thus, the people gained understanding from what was read. So that's Nehemiah 8.8. 8. And the word explaining is the word sacral. So here, they read from the book of God's law, explaining it and imparting insight. Thus, the people gained understanding from what was read. So there's a great hermeneutics passage, isn't it? Yeah. There's her hermeneutics in the Bible, right? Nehemiah 8, that's the people returning to Jerusalem from Babylon and they're unaware at that time in their history of the content of their scriptures. So here's Nehemiah and others reading what we would call today the Bible to the returnees and explaining it to them so that they know when they get back in their homeland, you know, what's expected of them. So hermeneutics right before our very eyes. Last paragraph on Seiko. In later texts, the insight of Seiko extends to the intellectual understanding. Oh, we read that. That's Nehemiah 80. But here we go, the second half of that paragraph. In Daniel, the maskeel is the man who can interpret events. This is a quote. Many will be purified, made clean, and refined, but the wicked will go on being wicked. None of the wicked will understand, though the wise will understand and at the end that's daniel 12 10 at the end of that verse though the wise that's the masculine will understand so are you do you face this well let me read one more verse and then then we'll pick up a conversation and it and the wise teach others so here's daniel eleven thirty three. these who are wise among the people will teach the masses However, they'll fall by the sword and by burning and be imprisoned and plundered for some time. But it's the wise, it's the masculine who will teach the masses. So now back, back to our running conversation throughout this morning. Have you uh, experienced the frustration of trying to explain the vaccine to others? Yes. And I think I continue to be frustrated seeing everybody walking around with masks. <laughs> okay. You know, you just want to go help them and say, that's unhealthy. Did you not hear about the new study that came out showing that all that extra carbon dioxide that you're breathing in is way higher than OSHA safety standards allow even, you know, it's just, <clears throat> I saw an old man on the golf course outside hot 90 degrees wearing a mask you know yeah yeah so um i have that frustration and i really need some wisdom right how do you how do you present this 
you know, to penetrate the barriers in people's minds that are really thrown up. You know, it's just like Paul saying we we cast down fortresses, right? We destroy false worldviews with our message. But that that takes a real skill to do that. And my confession is I am not that good at that at that. Because what what happens to me is you remember I've I've said this a couple times, but in my thinking, well, I'm certain this is biblically correct, but if you ever take the spirit out of Christianity, you don't have Christianity anymore. The spirit's indispensable to the Christian faith. So what happens to me is it's not just a intellectual argument like, hey, let me explain, you know, what this vaccine is, what the lipid nanoparticle is, what all the aspects of this are, why those things exist and so on. It's not just this intellectual explanation. What happens to me is when I meet resistance doing that is my spirit gets involved. Because much like Romans chapter one, you remember the how Paul describes the response of what we would describe as the unbelieving world mm-hmm. to God's message, right? They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So if someone is interacting with me honestly and just saying like, oh, well, I didn't know that or I thought this or I thought that, oh, that's fine. We can have, and I'll acknowledge that, right? Well, uh, yeah, let's do some research together. Let's figure this out. But when I can sense that someone's resisting that spiritually, I confess, I start to get angry. And that, that's not good. So I need, right? The, the anger of man accomplishes nothing according to the Bible. Right. So I, you know, I don't need to walk down that path. So I, I need wisdom in how to explain this stuff in a way that's uh, penetrating rather than infuriating. So <clears throat> another word for wisdom, the tabulot, that is strategy or guidance. The Septuagint So in my notes, that's just listed capital L, capital X, capital X. So when I see that, my brain goes, the Septuagint, right? Right. So that's shorthand for the Greek translation of the Old Testament. At some point, we'll go into a much deeper discussion of that. But that's what I'm referring to. So how, how did the ancient Greeks translate the Hebrew? That's what we're diving into. The Septuagint glosses the word by steering or navigation. Proverbs 1.5, let the wise also hear and gain instruction and let this discerning acquire guidance. So that word guidance is tabulot. The parallel line indicates that tabulot is a more sophisticated level of knowledge than the guidance that the callow youth will gain. Design and plan are good glosses. Tabulot are stratagems 
for designs that can be put to any purpose, such as in waging war. When there's not guidance, a nation falls, but there is success in the abundance of counselors. Isn't that one of your favorite verses? Yeah. So Proverbs eleven fourteen, right? But that word guidance, when there's not guidance, that's the word tabulot. The intelligent person can learn tabulot from reading the book of Proverbs. Tabulot in and of themselves are ethically neutral. Here's a similar word, but different. <clears throat> Tabuna. That's, you know, synonyms for that are good sense and competence. Mebin, that's the, the person of Tabuna. So a Mebin is intelligent, sensible person. Naban is a sensible person. So Bina and Tabuna often occur together in that order, usually, in reference to the same teachings. But an examination of the contexts where each is used alone indicates a distinction. Tabuna is the pragmatic applied aspect of thought operating in the realm of action. It aims at efficacy and accomplishment. Whereas Bina is the conceptual interpretive activity of thought. It operates in the realm of meaning and aims at insight and comprehension. So Bina is your insight and Tabuna is how you apply that insight. Okay. So Tabuna is the competence to deal with the exigencies of life. And it generally implies a follow-up in action, or at least the expectation of one. Tabuna does not require an understanding of causes, significances, and implications, though one may certainly have both. In short, Tabuna is know-how, whether in the execution of a particular task or in social relations generally. English competence may be the closest equivalent of Tabuna. In the realm of everyday activities, good sense is an appropriate gloss. The man of Tabuna in Proverbs is competent in human relations. See, I need this, Hampton. He's patient. The one who is slow to anger has great understanding, but the one who has a quick temper exalts folly. That's Proverbs 14, 29. So that word understanding is Tabuna. Here, I'll read it again. The one who is slow to anger has great understanding, but the one who has a quick temper exalts folly. Tabuna is often quiet, too. Here's Proverbs eleven twelve. The one who denounces his neighbor lacks wisdom, but the one who has discernment keeps silent. And that, that word for discernment is tabuna. So the one who denounces his neighbor lacks wisdom, but the one who has discernment keeps silent. Those are those last two verses are very similar. In I know, yeah. I know, right? And and reserved. Here's here's another one. Proverbs eighteen two. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in disclosing what is on his mind. 
So that word understanding is tabuna. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in di disclosing what is on his mind. So the tabuna or the mebin, right? The small, the smart person, intelligent person, uh, draws out other people's thoughts. So listen to this verse, Proverbs 25. Counsel in a person's heart is like deep water, but an understanding person draws it out. That's a mebin, right? That's the word tabuna. An understanding person draws it out. That's important. He walks the straight path, right? The, the understanding person, the mebin. Folly is a joy to one who lacks sense, but one who has understanding follows an upright course. So that's one who has understanding is the mebin and enjoys behaving wisely. This is Proverbs 10, 23. Carrying out a wicked scheme is enjoyable to a fool. And so is wisdom for the one who has discernment. That's the mebin. So these virtues are in the realm of attitudes and social skills. See, I need that. Rather than intellectual penetration and comprehension. Here's how much I need that. When I was a kid, Hampton, uh, you know, such a long time ago, but we used to get these report cards like every, I don't know, six weeks, every 12 weeks, I don't know. You'd get your report card and have to, you know, take it home and have your parents sign it. And for some of the uh, things you were being graded on, you know, there was like math, reading, stuff like that. So you get a grade when, and we get an A or a B and so on. Remember, was it, was it Josiah that didn't even know what that was? Yes, that very first swim meet. Yeah. We, we had homeschooled up to that point, and I guess he did yeah. really well, and you said A plus, and he came back. He didn't know what that was. Said, what, what does that mean? What is A plus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's not alone. That's not just because he was like homeschooled. You know, the other kids, I realize, don't know that either. I think they get like numbers. Like 4. a 4 or a 3. Or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. You know, we will. So ours was alphabetical, right? A, B, C and so on. But then for like PE or something, you you get like a satisfactory and there were some other options. And one of the categories, you know, of being graded was social skills. And I always remember, you know, looking at that and bringing that home to my parents and my parents just looking at me and laughing because for social skills, I always got N-I. And N-I stood for needs improvement. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Oh man, <clears throat> they, my parents would just laugh when they saw that. Oh my gosh. Well, that was better so, than a U. <laughs> yeah. Unsatisfactory was the U, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so I'd get, yeah, I think they're trying to be nice to me. They right. said, yeah, needs improvement. Okay. So. <clears throat> well, we should be wrapping this up. Uh, Where are we at in the list? Let's do. We've got one more, Hampton, okay. and it's a couple paragraphs and we'll wrap it up. But then we had, next time we'll have to do our words for folly because it's very important to contrast 
the words for wisdom and the words for folly. So here's our last one on, on wisdom. Tusia, that is resourcefulness, competence, or wits. Tusia denotes clear, efficient thinking in the exercise of power and practical operations. It's used in determining a course of action and dealing with difficulties rather than in comprehending intricacies or deducing conclusions. It is thus aligned with tabuna rather than bina. Tusia also refers to decisions and strategies produced by such thinking. Tusia, spoken to others, is a form of counsel. In this regard, it is a close synonym of Isa. Uh, Tusia confers power, personal and political. These powers are deployed particularly in dealing with conflict or crisis, or at least attention. It's usually associated with words for help, strength, aggression, and defense. So here's Proverbs 2.7. He stores up effective counsel for the upright and is like a shield for those who live with integrity. So that phrase, effective counsel, is tusia. He stores up effective counsel for the upright. Then it's like a shield for those who live with integrity. Here's Isaiah 28, 29. It is used of God's providential control of history. So here's Isaiah. This also comes from the Lord who leads armies, who gives supernatural guidance and imparts great wisdom. So that last word for wisdom is tusia. But isn't that a great is used of God's providential control of history. Don't, don't we commonly, you know, oh, man, the world's out of control. No, it's not. Right. It's, it's following God's Tusia, his providential plan, cooked up in wisdom that'll bring about his desired effect. You know, when God is omniscient, and omnipotent, there's no plan B. Right. <laughs> if you know everything and you have the power to enforce everything, there's no plan B. So it's not like your life, you know, has taken some strange plan B course. It's plan A with him all the time. Yeah, that's uh, comforting. So. There you go. So let's end with that, Hampton, and then we'll uh, pick it up with the words for folly. And it's just been so interesting to me. It certainly was not my Tusia. I didn't plan to interweave the words for wisdom with the COVID crisis, but it is interesting to apply them that way. And I think it's it's profitable. It, you know, instead of arguing about certain vaccine Oh, parameters and contents and so on. How about studying the Hebrew words for wisdom and then apply those to the situation? So I think if we do that, we will all reach the same understanding. Yeah. Well, the verse that stood out to me early on was Psalm 10, 
the wicked man is so arrogant. He always thinks God won't hold me accountable. Right. And right. all the, uh, the relationship to the, the arrogance and the deception and discerning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, our, our larger context is the founding fathers and what launched us on the discussion of wisdom was Roger Sherman. The, the description of him just reeked of wisdom. And so we, we began reading the Hebrew words for wisdom and lo and behold, they apply to our uh, current situation today. So that, that's how we got here. That's a summary of what we endeavor to do in these recent podcasts. Well, in the wisdom but, of the founding fathers to know that you have to limit power or you end up with a mess. Yes, they were afraid of exactly this kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you very much. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Hampton. Bye-bye. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. Mm-hmm.